0: Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people
1: who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, good afternoon, everybody. No, I am not Tom Brown. I sound nothing like him. I look nothing like him, but I like him a lot. Tom and I are friends. My name is Doug Nick. Yes, two first names. And my day job is the spokesman uh, for the Arizona Department of Child Safety. And everybody has been gracious enough to give me the opportunity to come back here and play radio for a little while here on Koinonia. You are listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. And we're going to be talking today about something that's so important, uh, really, throughout the country, but in Arizona it's especially important because we're going to be talking uh, with some friends of mine about uh, fostering and adopting. And it's a, it's a huge, huge issue throughout the country, and, and no less so in the uh, in Arizona, and and it brings up the question: um, Do you know who you know? And think about that. Do you know who you know? Um, I was I was offered this this position at the Department of Child Safety about a year and a half ago, and and honestly, I'd, I'd been working in other parts of state government for a long time, and it, so it, when I took this position with with Child Safety, it it. Gave me an opportunity to think about things like foster care, things like child safety, things like adopting that I knew about to a certain extent, but I hadn't spent a lot of time really thinking about. And and you may be the same way. And and in this last year and a half, it's been revealed to me just how how uh, acutely important uh, people who do these things are to our society, to our community. And that's why I ask, do you know who you know? Because I was thinking when I took this position, how many people that I hadn't really thought about who were involved either in the adoption world or in being foster parents or, or foster kids. I thought back to a few years ago, my wife and I were going to a, a church out in the East Valley where the pastor and his wife adopted a child um, that was not of their ethnicity and, 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 and how important it was and how amazing it was that they did that. And, and they're a family uh, today that's just an amazing family. And I thought of another couple that I knew. And they have special needs children that they've adopted. And and they talk very openly about how exciting that is and how difficult it is, but how important it is. And then uh, not so long ago, um, our daughter, our daughter came to us and uh, she was very serious about a young man. And uh, it was going to uh, eventually turn into so serious that uh, he is now our son-in-law. And when we met him, she, she noted that, uh, well, he's, he's adopted. He's an adopted child in his family. And it just kept coming and coming and coming. And the point I'm making is that if, if you l- are listening to this show right now and you think about the people you know in your life, I bet it wouldn't take more than a few seconds to find somebody Who's adopted, or adopting, or thinking about it, or maybe fostering? They're everywhere. <laughs> they, they foster parents, adoptive parents, they're everywhere, and you may not even know it. But boy, uh, do do we need them! And and so when I was given this opportunity to take a precious hour of thirteen sixty KPX, excuse airtime with Koinonia. I thought, I've got to talk about this issue because it's so vital. So we're going to come back in just a moment. And I'm going to introduce you to an amazing couple that I've gotten to know over the last few years. Bill and Michelle Weisler. they live in the East Valley. They are adoptive and foster parents both. And they've got some uh, great stories to talk about what that means and how important it is. So please stick around for an, another hour, at least if not longer, on this station. Because we want you listening to some great uh, talk about what is so important in our community. I am Doug Nick. From the Arizona Department of Child Safety, spending some time with you today here on 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Filling in for Tom Brown, and we're talking about fostering and adopting. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Coinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Doug Nick from the Arizona Department of Child Safety filling in for Tom Brown. Today, we're talking with my guests, Bill and Michelle Wiesler from the East Valley. We're talking about the importance of fostering and adopting children. Let's welcome in Bill and Michelle. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hi, Doug. Thanks for having us.
1: Hi, Doug. (laughs) Bill and I we're friends. <laughs> we go back a little ways. Bill and I are in a band together. We might chat about that for a minute, too, if we get a chance. But right now we're talking about something that's so important. We're talking to uh, uh, Bill and Michelle. We're talking to a, an audience here, mostly of people who, who claim uh, Jesus as their Savior. Maybe not everybody in our audience does, but, but we look at the Bible and the, the, the language of adoption and fostering is actually literally in the Bible, but God talks about how we are adopted as sons and heirs into the kingdom. Paul talks about that. So if, if it's important enough for God to talk about it in the Bible, it's probably important enough for us as Christians to talk about it here in, in this kind of uh, situation. So let's, let's learn a little bit more about Bill and Michelle. And, and uh, how long have you guys been married now?
2: Well, according to our son, since dinosaurs roamed. Since,
1: since dinosaurs roamed the earth, It'll be yes.
2: 24 years in October.
1: 24 years. So that's not, you know, dinosaur. That's not the no. Pleistocene area. Okay, yeah. so.
0: But it's close.
1: It's getting there. <laughs> and and, and it, it, the more children you have, the older you feel, right? Yes. <laughs> and yes, we all understand that. Um, so, so when you guys, you guys met and you obviously decided at some point that this was going to be a lifelong commitment, uh, tell me a little bit about the conversation you had about children. <laughs> you wanna start with that
0: one? You know, it's kinda of funny because if you go way back into the beginnings of our marriage or the beginning of our relationship, it was always gonna be one child. Um because I was going to spoil the child rotten and we were going to have some kind of jet set lifestyle. And uh this was really before we came, you know, came back to Christ and and um started living for the church again. But um but that was that was the way it started out. And um over the, the, the years of our marriage, the, the the beginning years, I guess the first six, we we ended up with three children of our own. And so, uh, yeah, and we had talked a little bit, actually, we had talked a little bit about foster and uh, fostering um, just from time to time, a little bit, uh, you know, here and there.
1: A few years after you got married, this is, you didn't walk into the marriage no, saying, no, no. hey, at some point we're going to do this.
0: No. no, not at all. And it's it's funny how God works because basically God forced our hand. How's that? <laughs> so, um our children have been uh for the most part homeschooled. In fact, our youngest have been homeschooled their entire their entire life. And our oldest child, uh when he got to about high school, we realized that homeschooling just wasn't appropriate for him anymore and decided that uh we would find a, an actual school for him to go to. This school uh we chose and that he basically chose wasn't anywhere near us. So it's not like he went to a local, he went to a charter school um, that took him, what, about 30, 40 minute drives? Yeah, us. to get there. And so it was way, way out. And um, as he got into his freshman year, uh, he started bringing home a friend. And uh, at first it was like, hey, this guy can this guy come over and spend the night? You know, okay, that's fine, you know, on the weekends. And then around Thanksgiving, it was, hey, could he come and spend all of Thanksgiving with us? Because his, uh, his, not his parents, but the guy he's staying with, uh, he's going to be out of town and he needs a place to stay. And so, of course, we're like, okay, seems a little bit odd. Some, some kids bring a dog home. Yeah, <laughs> <He's bringing laughs> exactly. people home, yeah. And so, you know, it, it, we started putting the pieces together as we would take this kid home um, we saw that he lived in a very makeshift trailer park. His uh, adult supervision was a friend of his mother's who was uh, just a few years older than he was and was really in no place in life to be able to take care of any child nevertheless yeah. a you know a teenager and so as the months started going on um, We talked to both his mother and this caretaker uh, when school break came up and we said, hey, why don't you just let us take him for the summer and maybe everybody can get back on their feet? We'll worry about him. We'll make sure, you know, he still sees you, talks to you and everything else.
1: So real unofficial, hey, we're just being friends kind of thing.
0: Exactly. And so their response to that was uh, to isolate him. And so they were like, we don't want you talking to those people or doing anything. Well, so we didn't really see him a lot over the summer, although we did our best to, to check in on him and make sure he was OK. Uh, well, shortly into the next school year, uh, I sat him down and said, look, uh, the life you're living is not sustainable. Uh, these are the kind of things that something somewhere along the line is going to go wrong. And when it does, you need to make sure we get called And sure enough, a few months later, things kind of blew apart. And so we went and picked him up. Uh, We called, uh, at that time, CPS Mm -hmm. and got them involved. And, uh, well, it took like about 35 minutes for an investigator to come out and talk to us. Um, and that's efficient we're glad to hear that and and welcome to being an instant you know foster parent
2: it was funny because um the investigator came over to our house um talked to us and said are you willing to keep him and i told her
1: about how old was this child at the time
2: uh 15 uh, beginning a sophomore year
1: so that's a heck of a challenge yes
2: and we said um this is something that We've already prayed about. We've been praying about this for months. This is already decided. Um, yes, we, we are keeping him. And she said, Great, here you go. She signed a piece of paper, handed it to us, and said, Congratulations, your foster parents. And off she went. Oh, okay. Now what? That was
0: efficient. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so basically, that kind of started a, a series of events where, you know, a full investigation had to happen. And, um, Uh, A lot of meetings between the parents, the the caretaker, the kids, us, and eventually what it ended up is us being non-licensed foster parents.
1: Which is not unusual, in case people wonder if that's an unusual thing. A lot of them are. It's a kinship placement quite often, but not necessarily.
0: And so um, we took, you know, guardianship of him or, you know, custody of him, I guess, as you would say. And uh he moved in, and luckily, we had already kind of like Michelle said we had already kind of figured out this was happening sooner or later, so we had already taken steps uh to ensure that there was a bed and a dresser in place right and uh, so that he actually had a place to move into
1: so michelle as as the mom, this is your domain, so to speak, right the right. house um, it that's a that 's a heck of a thing to bring in. A child, but especially a teenager. What was going through your mind? I mean, you must have had some thoughts, some doubts, uh, some prayer Uh,
2: concerns you were
1: uh, sending up to to the Lord.
2: Absolutely. Um, What helped in this case for us was that we already had a relationship with him. So he'd already been in and out of our house uh, for the better part of a year. So... um, Let's see. So he and our oldest are a month apart in age. So they were both 15. And then the next kid is 11 and then a daughter who's 9. So there were definitely a few friends that were concerned, especially with having a girl in the house and this was a boy. But we had him in and out of the house so often already and, and had a good feel for him. So we knew, you know, as far as that goes, there weren't issues The bigger issues that we had were feeding another teenage boy (laughs) and clothing another teenage boy. Because once he started eating, um, he grew, I'd say in the first three months, he grew two shoe sizes and I swore six inches. Um, He's now six foot two. So (laughs) he's, you know, and wears a size 13 shoe. So as this was going on, um, yeah, lots of prayers, lots of trying to reach out. Um, For help when we finally found out that, you know, if we went through licensing, we'd actually have more uh, resources. Right. There'd be more help. Right. So we did do that. Um, And then eventually we actually took uh, guardianship through the court.
1: And, And that means exactly what to those who may not know? Um, it, you're not adopting yet. But.
2: Right. So we have full legal custody. Mm-hmm. So he was not quite 16, I think, yeah, when that quite. happened. Um, so essentially he was adopted. He was ours, but he wasn't.
1: And, and he is still <laughs> a part of your life now. He is.
2: He's still at home with us. He'll be 21 um, in August. And he's still at home with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, But he's... He's kind he's of a boomerang, king. isn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's moved that's, out. That's, that's once not, or a, twice and, not unusual and, by any means, right?
1: Whether you're biological or adopted, exactly. You know, yeah, okay. Bill
2: would know that.
1: What? No, I don't know. I know anything. Bill about that. did
2: that himself um, back way back in the day.
1: Oh, we're we're trying not to air dirty laundry here. It's, it's not Michelle, dirty laundry. It? It's just life. <laughs> it is life.
2: Um, but yeah, no guardianship means that we we were essentially legally became his parents without adoption, which means. That, in his case, it meant, for instance, when he filled out um applications for college and the financial aid forms right. he got to say he was his own independent person and didn't have to reply, um rely on our income right. Right. um a few other legal things, but um it's basically all the same but he's a, he's a
1: member of the family, he's, which
2: he's our kid yeah. he's he's your kid, yeah. so
1: how did the uh, the other obviously one of your children brought him in so to speak but right. what about everybody else i mean was there some resistance to bringing in a quote unquote new brother
0: uh you know at first i don't think there was um at first <laughs> yeah but i mean it's just like you know it's for teenagers it's it's just like any friendship that's too close um the two my oldest uh and him were very close friends until they were actually living in the same room, <laughs> um, and now you know it's not like they're enemies by any means, but they are not as close as they used to be. Um, but it's he's accepted as a brother now. It's so it's more like a brother relationship than it is a close friend relationship.
1: Those relationships can ebb and flow in any family.
0: Right. right. Yeah. So the it, it there's nothing in in my opinion, at least. There's nothing really different in his relationship to our family than any of our other kids are with each other.
1: So, so there was no resistance, no mom, dad, this is not right. I don't want to see this. I mean, because that's what some people would think. You know, maybe I'm willing as a parent to do this, but my kids may not be on board. But what, are you, what is your general feeling about where kids come in on this in most cases?
0: Well, for him, it wasn't, but there were for some others.
1: And you just find a way to overcome that just as you would with any family? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. All right. We're talking with Bill and Michelle Weisler out of the East Valley about how important it is to uh, be involved in the fostering and adopting process in Arizona. And, and if you can't be a part of it yourself, then there may be some other ways to help. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But we want to talk a little bit more about the fun and the challenges of being a foster or an adopted parent. You know, there are just under 19,000 children in out-of-home care in Arizona. And many of them need a forever home. And uh, I'm going to give you some information here. It's called keepazkidssafe.org. And that's a place where you can find out more information about the Department of children Child Safety, where I work, that's keepazkidssafe.org, it has more information. We're going to talk some more about that here in just a few minutes on 1360 KPXQ. We'll be back in just a few. Oh, yeah. Now we're, we're talking 80s music now. Oh, keep it up a little bit, Bill. <laughs> this is bringing me back to back in the days when I was a poor, underpaid disc jockey, playing the hits at another station in town. This is a great song by a great band called Servant that uh, I don't think they're out and about doing anything anymore. And uh, this is a song called We Are the Light. We're not going to play it, but, I mean, the, the, the point of this song, A, I love it, and B, um, it's got a great message that we are the light. Uh, and, of course, that's obviously a biblical message. And the group Servant, their mission was uh, they they were up in Oregon, I believe, and, um, and in addition to being musicians who would travel and do tours and put out albums, uh, they were very much involved in people's lives and, and getting uh, uh, the ministry uh, to, to people who are down and out or in need or whatever. And that's we are the light, you know, which is uh, clearly something that we're talking about here. Uh, I am Doug Nick from the Arizona Department of Child Safety, and you are listening to Coin and Neon Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Tom Brown, we tied him up, put him in a closet. He can't do the show today. So. So that's uh, tough luck for him. We're having some fun here talking with Bill and Michelle Weisler, uh, And they're friends of mine from out of the East Valley. We got to know each other at uh, Sun Valley Community Church. And uh, Bill and I are in a band called Power Road. And if you want to look at that up on Facebook, please do. We would love for you to, to take a look at that. But right now we're talking about their lives um, and how it's been impacted and how they've impacted lives in an area of real need in Arizona. We've been talking about how there are about uh, just under 19,000 children in out-of-home care in Arizona. And uh, the Department of Child Safety, where I work, is very, uh, very involved in, in trying to stabilize and reduce that number because it's absolutely important. And frankly, we need your help. And the reason we need your help is we need Arizonans to look into their hearts and say, uh, I think this is something that I can do. I can foster sh- children. I could I could look at adoption and that and, or look at supporting them. But Bill and Michelle were telling us their story about how um, they kind of you kind of fell into being foster parents. I mean, it wasn't something you you had a plan for your you, one of your children brought home a child and kept bringing him home and visiting. And and, and finally, there he is. You're his guardians now officially. Um it, it, when when all of this was going on, you said you had planned for. Did you think about this is going to be forever or years or uh, how much did that enter your thinking?
0: Hmm. I was being wordy, so I'm going to let Michelle talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to do some marriage counseling okay. later. No, um,
2: I think we had a pretty good idea that if he was coming to live with us, this was probably going to be forever. I mean, he was 15. So even allowing for time for, you know, parents to get it together and and for him to be able to go back to them, he was 15 at that point. Mm -hmm. So it's very realistic to say that's just not going to happen before he turns 18. Right. So we kind of knew going in that it it was for the long term. What kind
1: of things would he say to you Uh, when he's coming into your house? Uh, would he talk to you much about about his life or was he just a teenager that was just happy to be in a safe place and, and you know wants to talk about video games or whatever? You know, what kind of conversations have you or I should say, what what has he told you about his experience? I mean, th- it's all about really the child. Uh, we hate to say that sometimes, but f- frankly, a child in crisis is a child in crisis needing help. What what did, what do you get feedback from him or from any of your the kids that, that have been in this process with you?
2: Well, from him, it's interesting because he actually has an older brother as well as a younger brother. And And they're not with you. No. Um, So at 15, when he came to us, the older brother was already over 18. um, And the younger brother actually stayed with their maternal grandparents. And they took guardianship of of the younger brother as we took guardianship of him. He had no interest whatsoever in going back to the grandparents. And... To begin with, he wouldn't say a whole lot except that you got the feeling that um, there had been times before that CPS had probably looked in on them, Mm -hmm. but nothing ever happened, nothing. Now, I know that in the past there has been more help available for parents that are in crisis Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't get to the point where the kids are taken.
1: Well, and actually we are – in, in the middle of programs at, at DCS, especially in Maricopa County, where we're uh, spending more money on preventative programs or, or uh, programs that are interventionary, I should right. say, more more precisely, uh, where we reach people who are before they're in a crisis um, so that we don't have to go in when there is a crisis to get them the, that help. But, yes, that help is out there, but certainly um, that's, a, that's an issue that, that
2: needs great attention. And I think that for them um – You know the little that he remembers from being a child, um, and what we've put together is probably that mom may have tried to take advantage of some of that, and maybe just didn't follow through with some of it. But in any case, um, at the beginning he didn't really open up much. He's starting to open up a little bit more now, but now there's more involved in his life. Now he's more of an adult.
1: So what's he saying? Is he you know is he is he self aware enough or, or Uh, in a place emotionally enough where you can say, you know, if my if you hadn't been a part of my life, who knows?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we've had, uh, you know, he's – unfortunately, the, the story isn't, you know, completely perfect. And it's, it's not come without its uh, downfalls and heartbreaks. Um, and all of it revolves back around to his childhood. And so we've had to have, you know, very serious talks and sitting down with him and having him talk about things – and uh, going through counseling uh, for him uh, that where he could start working through some of the things that happened to him as a child. And these are things that have manifested themselves as an adult. Uh, Some of the things, literally, as the mind works, you know, had been kind of shut out of his mind. Um, But when we start talking about being with us, uh, it's kind of funny because it started playing with his faith. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, even as people and especially as kids, uh, they don't see the adults in their life as the positive things, right? Um, they're like, what do I want and am I getting what I want at this point? And so he started questioning his faith because he said, well, I did all this praying and people kept telling me if I prayed, good things would happen. And he's like, well, so what, where are the good things? And, I, and that's when we started getting into the conversations. It's like, okay, well, where would you be? If nothing had ever changed, and if we had not come into your life, you, you know,
1: your experience had been—you had made such a normal life for him, relatively speaking—that that, that um, he didn't, couldn't see the forest for the trees in that. Case.
0: Right, and so that's—he he started contemplating. Well, you know, he could have uh, gotten into a criminal element. He could have, you know, started fighting to survive, like some, you know, people. That's how some people get into becoming sure. criminal elements. Right, but there is many. There was no possibility at that point other than us for any kind of stability in his life. And so now he realizes that, um, you know, maybe the, we the, hope. Yeah, the prayers that were answered weren't necessarily answered in the way he wanted, but they were answered.
1: They were answered. And this goes far beyond him having a, a, a warm bed at night and a hot meal. Right. Uh, right. And this, this, goes, this goes to keeping him out of prison. Probably, possibly, or maybe even saving his life—literally, you don't know,
0: right? Because you, you don't. When, when you know, we've all been teenagers. We were all there, and so we know how emotional teenagers can be. Um, I think uh, I can't remember which Arthur wrote it, but uh, legitimately, I think all teenagers are, you know considered psychologically crazy um <laughs> probably and right up, because yeah. right their hormones are, are yeah. just freaking out and they they can't maintain a steady and logical thought process at least i could when i was a teenager but you um now? i try <laughs> nice um but that was the the thing is that he's at that vulnerable age between 15 and you know he's still kind of there yeah i, I say between 15 and 25 where um if life had just kept pressing him, he may have decided to just tap out. Right.
1: And you have others. How many kids, total, biological and otherwise, have you had come through your home? Oh, um,
2: uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think we're on child number, if you include our biological, then we're on child number nine.
1: Number nine, and in how many years has this been? Twelve, um, thirteen years? You've been doing this?
2: No, yeah. it'll be it'll be six years this summer.
1: Six so years. nine kids in six years.
2: Right. But you know, four of them are are our permanent kids,
1: of course. Still, so actually what, five now. What's the biggest, uh, most exciting, or or the most praiseworthy thing that you've seen as a result of this in their lives?
2: Oh, um. Really, probably the fact that in our home we go to church. Church is a big part of our life in right. our faith. And um, for instance, the the seven year old we have right now today is Sunday. Today we go to church. I want to go to church. I want to go to class. Even
1: though really it's Thursday, but right. He, yeah. the, to him, he's excited about. He's that. excited
2: about going to church and learning more about Jesus. And um, we've seen that with other placements as well. Whether or not that continues, we don't know. But right.
1: You can't necessarily control that. You can do what you can do.
2: Right. So being able to breathe that into their lives, um, that's been huge. Um, and, and to see them learn. But even um, the one we have right now, the seven-year-old, when he came to us nine months ago, just the change in him. Um, what was
1: he like? I've met this kid. He's he's adorable, but <laughs> yes. he is he is a really cool kid. Um, but he really came to you with some um,
2: so, some uh, severe some, setbacks.
1: Some armor was on him.
2: Yeah, he was um, six, almost six and a half. Um, had never been in school. Um, never, in, never, in never, school. ever been to school. Didn't know letters, numbers, colors.
1: Six and a half doesn't six know and any and of that. Not even colors. That's amazing.
2: Um, so he couldn't spell his own name, mm. and um, pretty, malnourished. Um, he weighed thirty five pounds.
1: That, at, at six and a half, that's right. amazing. So
2: now. I have not met his biological parents. I'm told that they're fairly small people. So the fact that he's seven now and is right about 42, 43 pounds, he's never going to be the big kid. He's never going to. And that's fine. But to have put on some weight, to see his cheeks be chubby, to see them be sparkly, and now to have him, um, his speech has come tremendously far
1: in nine months. In
2: nine months. And um, it's just he's a different kid. It, it's, it's amazing to see. And he can do math. And he's starting to read.
1: So he came from not knowing his colors to now he's doing math yes. in nine months. And that's because he's got a family. He's got a roof over his head. He knows where his next meal is coming from. He has loving people, people who want him to know about the creator of the universe by going to church and hearing about Jesus and doing all the things that, that the Bible wants us to do to bring his light into the world. We're going to come back with Bill and Michelle Weisler here in just a few minutes to talk a little bit more about their journey and the journey that maybe you ought to be taking in the foster world. I'm Doug Nick in for Tom Brown. You are listening to Coinania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, and we'll be right back. Oh, we're talking radio here, and we're talking fostering and adopting, and uh, welcome back to Coin and E on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. My name is Doug Nick, and I'm with the Department of Child Safety, and I'm uh, given the, uh, the pleasure and the honor of uh, grabbing the microphone here for a little while, and I uh, wanted to talk about something that's so important, uh, not only to our agency as a state agency, but really for everybody in Arizona. If you have any uh, thought about children, and you should, uh, then you, you need to be concerned about uh, how we can get more people involved in helping. Being the, the most vulnerable population among us, are children. Uh, we've been talking about how we have uh, just under 19,000 children in out-of-home care. And the good news is that uh, over the last several months, uh, it's a little early to call it a trend, but we've actually seen that number stabilize, which is great. It's, it had been going up for some time. And if we go back about a year, it's been roughly the same. We've had some peaks and valleys, but uh, we're seeing some really good progress in that area, and we're really thrilled to see that. But there's still much to be done. And we're talking with Bill and Michelle. Weisler, they're friends of mine from out of the East Valley, and they have been foster parents for a number of years, and they have some adoptive kids as well. also want to let you know that if you're interested in this, we'll talk about this a little bit more before we uh, head out uh, at the end of the hour here, but uh, if you're interested in some information on uh, fostering, adopting, or anything uh, in the child welfare welfare realm in Arizona, keepazkidssafe.org is where you want to go. Also, Department of Child Safety, we're on Twitter at uh, AZDCS, or, I'm sorry, at AZ underscore. DCS. You can follow us on Twitter. We're on Instagram.com, AZ underscore DCS. And we're also on Facebook if you go to Facebook.com slash Arizona DCS. So check us out on social media. Bill and Michelle, we've been talking about all the kids you've had go through your your busy, loud, exciting, amazing home. (laughs) And uh, for full disclosure, it's loud in part because Bill and I are in a band and we rehearse there a lot. So there's part of that too. But Tell me about, we've heard a lot about some of the kids that are in, in your life now, not only your biological children, but uh, some of the fosters and so forth that have come through. But uh, about, what, a year and a half ago, tell me, Michelle, yeah. about the late night phone call from the Department of Child Safety that would uh, add more joy to your life.
2: Oh, and first... I mean
1: that sincerely, <laughs> with no irony.
2: Well, first it added stress. Um, and... It wasn't really a late-night call. It was a, first, it was a late-night message. Um, I checked my messages rather late one night, and there was one to call back an investigator with DCS. And uh, that worried me at first because we had two boys in our home at that point that were brothers, uh, biological brothers. And um, when an investigator calls, you're not sure what's going on. Right. So the next day I called her, and I'm like, what's going on? And she says, well... We know you have these two boys, and did you know their mother was pregnant? No. <laughs> and right
1: then, you, the hair on the back oh, of your neck starts to go up, yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah,
2: We hear often from other foster parents that you'll see that, that about every nine, you know 10 months, 15 months or so, they'll get a phone call. There's a new sibling. Will you take the sibling? Right. We figured these boys were 9 and 11. We specifically foster school age and above figured that's not happening to us and she said yes the baby's now a week and a half old he's still in the hospital we'd like to know if you guys would take the baby and i said but we're only licensed for two and we're only licensed for school age and above and she says yes we know we'll talk to your agency and we'll get that amended and i went oh man
1: (laughs) flexibility is such a wonderful thing isn't it (laughs) uh
2: so then of course i've i tell her i'll call her back she says take your time i'm like uh um then i have to call bill and said honey
1: (laughs) can you bring home a little extra milk and uh, diapers and bedding and
2: so we went back and forth then again there was a lot of praying and we were told to not say anything yet to the two boys because um they had not been told so we kind of went back and forth. And what do we do? And we prayed about it and prayed about it. And, and the thing that kept coming up was, do you know how old we are? <laughs> <laughs> At that Wait, point, our youngest was Aren't 13. you guys like 23 now? Oh, yeah, right.
1: Uh-huh. Not quite? Yeah, no. No. Um, well, so, that, shall we just say you're not millennials and, and uh, you would not normally be the type of couple that would bring in a newborn a new baby, in, in, right. uh, in a normal situation?
2: So, yeah, because our baby at that point was 13 and Bill already had plans for retiring on the beach at some point. Oh, don't we all? Oh, well, yeah. And so we eventually said, OK, well, you know, because they said we want to keep siblings together.
1: Yeah, that is, a, that is a very important thing for the Department Absolutely. of Child Safety. You do when you can, when it's appropriate. Keeping siblings together is a huge benefit for everybody.
2: And I think that's the point where we said, OK, we'll take the baby. Um, so it's still, he still was in the hospital for a couple more weeks. He uh, was born premature and um, fairly drug exposed. Um, so he wasn't released till he was a month old. Uh, and I was able to go to the hospital and pick him up, and um, <laughs> and it was from the beginning. We're just fostering, right? We're just fostering a
1: two-week-old child. Mm. Just fostering well, two, no, a month and a half. A month that. and a half. Okay. Yeah. Still. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: this this is not an easy task.
2: No, no. I mean, and awake every three hours and round the clock, and we're like we thought we were done with this and okay, but it's only temporary. We're only fostering. Yeah. Um, he's 19 months old now.
1: <laughs> so, so what impact have you made on his life though?
2: Well, um, because that's
1: really what this is about. I mean, this is, this is tough work, but, but you have to think about, and I've, I've seen this child cause we're friends and right. I see this child, you know, a lot. What impact in all honesty and 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 don't be modest. Have you made on his life?
0: Well, I mean, he's he's basically getting raised now, right? So he's getting raised in our family as our child, which is what he is. Um, just we because, yeah, in March. Just because we're not the biological parents doesn't mean anything to us. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons our, early on we were like, no children, no babies, because well, <laughs> you know, no babies. You just fall in love with the little dudes and right. or girls, and. Um. Look, one of the reasons, you know, I continue to do this, at least for me, is, uh, you know, Michelle talked about how many have come and gone. And there's actually been a few more than that, that we were not necessarily fostering, but that we did respite care for. Right. And, and it's important to have. And we actually had one uh, come through who was uh, uh, the foster parents, for some reason, just couldn't do it anymore. And so this eight-year-old gets dropped off at our house um, with a foster parent just kind of waving goodbye and walking out the door. And then the next day, other people coming to pick him up and go live somewhere else. And you, you get to know, I mean, the, the the kind of fear they have for life because they don't know what's next. They're, all they know is they're being bounced around by a bunch of people they don't know. Right. And so with... Um, with the baby, uh, we've made it very clear to all the family members that um, his extended family is very involved in our life. Where you know we make sure that. Uh, he's not going to grow up not knowing he's adopted because he has now four sets of grandparents.
1: <laughs> Might you be know? a clue at some point. <laughs> right. Yes. right,
0: and and that was the case when we had his two older brothers. We were very involved with the extended family, just not real involved with the parents. And and we actually were fairly involved with the father of those two boys as well. It's a different father for the baby. Yeah, and. Um, And that's our our kind of our only rule with the extended family now is, hey, everybody gets to be aunts, uncles, grandparents. The only people who don't get to play um, are the biological parents uh, because they're still in the same situation they were before. Right.
2: They're still not safe.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And we have to remember the courts are part of this too. Every every case, the courts are involved to determine the best interests of the child.
0: But, I mean, he's going to grow up loved – not growing through that fear, because if we had said, no, we're not keeping the baby, he would have started that process of being bounced around until somebody held on to him. And then you don't know if he would ever know that he was adopted or know his real family, his biological family, um, because we're under no obligation to do that. Uh, We just feel that it's the right thing to do.
1: You gave him a chance at life and a chance at at knowing Whatever immediate family was was appropriate for him to know, and and that may not have happened otherwise. Right. Right. So we've got a few more minutes here, but I want to talk about – in your experience, you kind of fell into this in a way. We talked about it earlier this hour. There are so many people listening to this show right now who may be looking at this and say, I I could never foster, I could never adopt – uh, or maybe I can, what would you say to those people, to anybody out there who may be even remotely on the fence or maybe hasn't even thought of it? Sell us on this idea
2: that
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that it's so important because—well, just go ahead.
0: Yeah. Before, before Michelle jumps in here, I want to I want to take what you just said and kind of bounce it back to the beginning of your show. When you talked about, you know, God does talk about this. And, Option, and, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, just in James 1.27— If you call yourself a Christian, you know, you want to understand the heart of God and what does God want for us. And in James 127, it says religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And so uh, this is, you know, our spiritual worship back to God, one of the things he looks at most, and you can find it through Acts. I mean you can find it through the the New Testament, is – are we in life? Are we focused on ourselves? Are we focused on what affects us and can we really be inconvenienced by things? Are we focused on how we can help others and, and doing the things, uh, being basically, you know, to being the hands and feet of God? Exactly. Michelle, what are you to say?
2: Um, well, I would say that if you're not sure about this whole journey about fostering, um, specifically, fostering. Um, there are a couple of um, consortiums, I guess, where you can go to a uh, orientation and you can ask check it out. You can kind of
1: test drive it in a way, exactly.
2: And there is something with the churches in Arizona, Arizona One Twenty Seven, and I do not have a website or anything, but you it comes just right Google
1: after AZ One Twenty Seven, you'll they'll come up. there. a great organization. Right.
2: Um, and then there are. Um, if, if if actually being a foster parent is not the right thing for you, you can look into becoming a CASA, a court-appointed special advocate.
1: And, and real quickly, what, what does somebody like that do?
2: Um, well, we've never had one for any of our kids, but they come and... Um, do things with the kids and, and be a voice for the kids
1: and and really um, if if you just Google C A S A CASA, Casa Arizona you can get all sorts of information on what that means and and uh, it's, it's anybody with a heart for this can do this right right, right.
2: right. absolutely
1: right um, there are so many things out there that are available for people to understand more about being an adoptive parent and fostering. We, we want to get you in touch with that. At the Department of Child Safety, we are very, very uh, concerned with this issue, but we're very passionate about it in an enthusiastic way because we want Arizonans to come together in a way that they've never done before. So keepazkidssafe.org is a great landing page for you to check out uh, to get all sorts of information. You can also call our foster care warm line at 877 kids need You for more information. We're going to be right back back in just a minute Coinonia on KPXQ.
2: Hi friends, John Dombrowski here with Grand County.
1: That voice sounded familiar. Well, thanks Tom, Tom Brown. We're, uh, that is something else we're doing too, by the way. Just just uh, has nothing to do with fostering and adopting, but you know, this time when the, when the weather is so hot and, and, and you can possibly forget uh, that you've left something in the car, please, by all means, never, ever, ever, ever leave a child in a car. It is just a deadly situation. Arizona is one of the uh, more difficult states for that for obvious reasons. Um, but that's uh, something to, to be aware of all the time, and also fostering and adopting something to be aware of. I want to remind you: keepazkidsafe dot is a great website to learn so much more about what we're doing. Again, we're listening to Coin and Neon Faith Talk, thirteen sixty KPXQ. Doug Nick from DCS sitting in for Tom Brown. We're wrapping up here with Bill and Michelle Weisler, my friends from Church in the East Valley, and um, also the Power Road Band. Look it up on Facebook uh, if you're interested in some great worship or classic rock tunes. We do them both. Um, Bill and Michelle, just thank you for being here. Uh, give me give me thirty seconds again on on just what it means for Arizonans to get involved in being fosters and adopters
2: Um, Protecting the the future, the the kids. It's all about giving them something um, more, you know, protecting them and um, giving them opportunities that – and not just the kids, but sometimes it's what the parents need to – Bring it together so that the kids can go home because that is the ultimate goal. It's the first goal with fostering is to reunify, that the parents get it together and can have their kids back.
0: Bill? You know what she said. (laughs) No, Um, Smart husband. (laughs) Yeah. No, you know, it's don't look at other people and say, oh, my gosh, look at them. They do such great things. Know that you can do it, too.
1: You don't have to be uh, uh, a super person.
0: Right.
2: And you don't have to be married. You can be single. You can be almost any age. There's a woman in our church who's like 70 and fosters little ones.
1: That's amazing. She's my hero. I can see why. (laughs) I got to tell you that um, one thing that that, uh, our director, Greg McKay, talks about quite often when he talks to people about the Department of Child Safety, we would love nothing more than for us to be able to hang up the gone fishing sign on our department because the need is just not there. They're not children being hurt. They're not children that are being displaced because of a, a bad family situation. We would love to be able to say that, but we're not there yet. So uh, on behalf of the Department of Child Safety, I want to appeal to all of you to, to pray about it, think about it. If you can be a foster, if you can be an adoptive parent, please look at that. KeepAZKidsSafe.org is where you can take a look at it. I'm Doug Nick from the Department of Child Safety. Thank you to Tom Brown for uh, having us in. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Faith and life. Faith Talk, 1360 KPXQ, Glendale, Phoenix.